Hey everybody, it's more fucking El Chapo. Arriba. It's almost over. And it's over. As a muy festivo. Hello. What up? Hello, accomplices. What up, accomplices? Hello. You ready to do some Hello. crime? Let's do some yeah. crime. Let's do some crimes. <laughs> uh, how's it going, uh, uh, podcast host Will Bearcat? Pretty good, co-podcast host and partner in crime James Degro. Whoa, we flipped it on you guys this time. We did. Welcome back to another episode of Take the Money and Run, the podcast about uh, heists, crime. Um, uh, mostly, mostly just crime and weird stuff at this point. Sometimes we talk about some weird shit too. That's usually fun. Yeah, conspiracies. There's always conspiracies, shenanigans, and shady everything. dealings. And uh, sometimes um, famous uh, or infamous individuals, such as today's part two topic. Yep. Joaquin El Guzman. I mean, Joaquin. <laughs> El Chapo Guzman. I well, fucked it up. One of the largest, I guess you could say, extra legal pharmacological distribution aficionados in history. Uh, it. I don't know, man. It might. He might be the largest. I don't know. So he's big, but okay. There's organizations like the amount of heroin that comes out of Afghanistan. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not all run by one guy. It's run by like, I don't know, the CIA or some shit. But right. yeah, there's there's some other big players, but he's close to home. That's that's one of the things that makes him and he's super not a nice guy. No. So No. He's uh yeah. He does things very um by the book in the business sense, I guess. Um you mean um Oh, so the, yeah, the you, criminal, you've, the you've criminal book. The, you've seen the um, the narco mundo blog. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. We talked about that last time. Yep. If any of you guys uh, want to lose some weight, um, go watch the narco mundo blog uh, immediately after eating a large meal, and it'll take care of it. That's what uh, I don't know. I'm sure. Oh man, yeah. That's yeah. I had to go outside for fresh air after I watched one of those videos in particular. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Oof. But uh, yeah, so probably won't be um, a narco terrorist for a little while at least. Um, That's good. But you know, I, I can't promise anything. You know, I don't know. At this rate, we never know. I mean, um, that's one of the few ways you can afford to live in the Bay Area. So never say never. <laughs> is to be cartel backed. Yeah, pretty much. I, I think uh, that's yeah. it's pretty difficult to live on the California coast and earn an honest living. I'm looking for a place right now, and it's it's expensive. I'm telling you, homie, move to America. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you moved out here, I think I've got a place for you to stay 
with my buddy who'd rent you. He's got a spare room and a job, and the cost of living is really low. But anyway, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to twist your arm into moving away from your favorite place. We need to. We need to edit this that part out right. so my mother doesn't hear it uh, and then my family hears it. <laughs> but uh, all right, so we'll let's, figure it out. Let's talk about the um, the 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 choppiest, the choppiest. Well, um, okay. Last time um, we left our little buddy Joaquin Al Guzman. Uh, I did it again. We're gonna stop. We're just gonna we're just gonna quit right here. All right, good, can... good podcast. Thanks everybody for listening to another episode of Take the Money and Run. Don't forget us to follow us on. I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, um, give it. Give us some like I, I don't even think we could ask for five star reviews. Give us like a three star review. That's generous. Joaquin El Chapo Guzman. Um, we uh, last joined up with him. Um, he just kind of made it south of the border of Mexico into Guatemala. Guatemala. Remember? Yeah. Um, so he fled the area where um, Cardinal Cardinal Posadas was shot. That was, you know, that like botched assassination by the Tijuana cartel gunman. Yeah, that um, he got blamed for. He yeah he got blamed for it, um, but he I don't know it gets dismissed or whatever at some point. Um, he relocated from you know the parking lot of the shooting uh, to a safe house about twenty minutes away from the Guadalajara International Airport. Um, uh, after that, he goes to a ranch that he owns in the Mexican state of uh, Jalisco. Jalisco. Um, I think there's beverages named Jalisco. Sounds. Sounds like if something I'm, I've heard before. If I know my bodega glass bottle drinks correctly. I'm sure you um, do. <laughs> so uh, after laying low there for a little bit, he proceeded over to Mexico City and uh, stayed at a hotel there for about 10 days. Um, the heat there started turning up um, because everybody wanted this guy. And he couldn't really go anywhere you know, without being recognized obviously already and as the saying um, goes never be so attached to anything that you're not willing to walk away from in 30 seconds flat 30 when the heat is on. so yeah so he leaves there um how about this uh what, once it started you know heating up at the hotel he he met with two highly trusted associates from within the sinaloa cartel and yep. he handed them each 200 million dollars in u.s cash um one batch of cash was designated just for his family um, in case he was arrested. And the other $200 million went to making sure the Sinaloa cartel's activities continued unimpeded. Um, so what, what would that look like? I mean, we've talked about how small cash, you know, is in person, but 200 million. That's true. Well, how, how much did we say uh, DB Cooper's cash weighed? He had, um, Oh, how much did he even have? $250,000? $200,000? Something like that. I can actually go back in my notes. He's right here. Um, but uh, it, he got it all in $20 bills. That was the problem. And it weighed um, 20-something pounds. Well, duffel bags full of green, as the saying goes. Uh... Oh, well. I'm not finding it fast enough. Yeah, it's neither here nor there. $200,000. Correct. So now um, I'm all discombobbed. Uh, so from there, uh, El Chapo got a fake passport under the name of Jorge Perez. 
Um, and hey, he that's was transported. my fake passport name. <laughs> I'm sure there's probably a couple hundred of Jorge Pedroses out there yeah, that you could get an easy uh, passport from. Yeah. Um, Just make sure you look Mexican. <laughs> anyway. You pass. You Sorry, pass. Yeah, especially now. I've been working outside. I'm, I'm brown as fuck. <laughs> So, um, from there, he was transported to uh, Chiapas um, before he made his way south across the border into Guatemala on June 4th, 1993. Um, his movements were definitely closely being tracked by Mexican and Guatemalan authorities pretty constantly in this time. Um, but, however, uh, still, he paid that $1.2 million U.S. cash to a Guatemalan military official. Like to, you do, you know, yeah, to get, um, you know, safe passage and and like safety across the border. So, like, you know how you slip the bouncer a twenty dollar bill in order to get to the front of the line? He kind of slipped him one point two million dollars yeah, to throwing around. He's making it rain. He's not making it rain. He's making it like meteor that killed the dinosaurs. Well, he's at uh four hundred and one point two million dollars cash in casual bribes. And yeah, I mean that doesn't even count. Last time, last jailbreak, he or was there, or is that this jailbreak? Oops, never mind. I've got like spoiler, 50 bucks. everybody. Spoiler. Um. So, however, this this unnamed military official, luckily he's unnamed, I guess, because he subsequently passed along the information about El Chapo's location to his superiors. Ooh, that's a bold move. Yeah, so five days later, on June 9th, 1993, El Chapo was arrested by the Guatemalan army. Um, Wait, was this hotel. the guy that he paid $1.3 million to? Yeah, $1.2 million. He took the money and flipped real quick. Oh, you rat bastard. I mean, I guess once you go once you go south of the border, things are different. I guess. Honor, honor codes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was arrested at a hotel near Tapachula, uh, which sounds like a really good hot sauce. And um, from that's really close to the border with Mexico. Um, so he's extradited back to Mexico aboard a military aircraft pretty much immediately and uh, taken to the Federal Social Readaptation Center Number 1, uh, which is referred to as La Palma or Altiplano. Um, it's a maximum security prison in the state, the state of Mexico. Um, he's sentenced to 20 years and nine months on charges of drug trafficking, criminal association, and bribery. Hmm. So, yeah, so he's he's got time to sit. Um, two years later, on November 22nd, 1995, he's transferred to another maximum security prison, the Federal Center for Social Rehabilitation Number 2. Uh, these things must sound more concise in Spanish, because uh, those are ridiculous. Um, also referred to as Puente Grande, um, and that's that was in Jalisco. Um, they transferred him there after being convicted of three more crimes, which were possession of firearms, more drug trafficking, and uh, they charged him with, or char- uh, sorry, convicted him of the murder of Juan Posadas, the cardinal, but um, that later got dismissed by another judge. Gotcha. Uh, not that it, not who, that it who mattered. Who I'm sure was um, fully paid, compensated well, for his. 
Yeah, that's the kind of that's the thing about the Mexican court system that has been kind of unraveled in the past decade or so is that 90 something percent of all the people going through the court systems are not Sinaloa cartel members and any that are are usually bailed out, you know, pretty cheap, pretty quick. You know, everything's kind of everything's greased for them in particular. I didn't learn Spanish. Um, It sounds like it's easier to do crime down there. <laughs> I, I remember the videos. Mm. Remember the videos. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So, um, 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 but while while El Trapo's in in prison right now, um, the Sinaloa cartel and his drug operations continue, you know, totally as planned. Nothing changes. Um, the cartel is officially headed at this time by his brother, Arturo Guzman, um, also known as El Pollo, which is uh, the chicken. Um, even though officials claimed Joaquin Guzman was still pulling the strings and maintained all the influence. Um, prison life wasn't too bad for our buddy Chapo. Uh, he, his officials from the cartel could basically freely walk into the prison and hand him a big suitcase full of cash. And he would just take that and bribe guards, pay off anybody, basically everyone. So um, he ran the place. He ran the place. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this was he. You know, he paid everybody off, and basically, in return, got servant-like behavior from the prison officials, from the guards and shit. Um, well, I mean, when you can pay him more in one day than their yearly salary. Oh, dude. As soon as he got oh, yeah. transferred there, they're probably like, we're going to get fucking paid. We're going to get fucking paid. And um, he had regular conjugal visits um, from many different women. Um, even he had like the pick of the litter from the neighboring female prisoners. He could intermingle with them as well. Um, oh, Nice. Which is interesting. Um, he met his longtime mistress and later Sinaloa cartel associate, uh, former police officer Zulema, Zulema Hernandez. Um, she was also in prison at the time, serving time for uh, armed robbery. So she's a, she's hell of a catch for El Chapo. Um, she would go on to actually control the Sinaloa cartel's expansion into Mexico City. Oh man, um, that's uh that's quite the pretty big deal. Promotion for a hooker. <laughs> and, well, she's an armed robber. I don't know, she wasn't in there for prostitution. Oh, she just Well, so, it sounds like she's a jack of all trades. Well, in 2008, um her body was found in the trunk of a car carved with Z's, um which is a familiar call sign of Sinaloa's arch rivals Los Zetas, Uh-oh. which is another really violent um, cartel. Even by cartel standards, they were kind of dicks. The Zetas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're like a hit squad, kind of, if that makes sense. Well, you know what the More... School of the Americas is? No. Okay, or maybe so... Maybe I do, and I don't recall. Basically, um, a lot of the paramilitary death squads were trained at Fort Benning in uh, Georgia. Um, okay. By they were basically given, you know, army ranger and special forces training in order to go cause havoc in their countries. We also train Mexican special forces, stuff like that in America. Um, 
and that's pretty much what the Losadis was, was they either finished their contract and joined, or they just got the training and then deserted and went to work for the Losadis. So they were, yeah, um, American-trained paramilitary guerrilla fighters. So that's why these these guys are so effective and so deadly, right, I guess? Yeah, like, they're not just regular guys that got their hands on some guns and no they're not street thugs they know what they're doing <coughs> excuse me um so they like to carve z's in bodies yeah. uh while in prison in mexico um el chapo oh, like Zorro. Oh, sorry. exactly exactly oh i get it all right sorry sorry go ahead <laughs> or maybe not i don't know maybe it's just coincidence yeah it could be it's subtle um, Los Zoros doesn't have as good of a uh, ring to it. So he got indicted in San Diego in the United States um, at this time. Uh, for charges for whale's vagina, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. Okay. 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 So um, he got indicted in San Diego on. Uh, U.S. charges for money laundering and the importing of literal multi-ton shipments of cocaine into California. Like, tons and tons and tons at a time. Uh, That's just our consumption rate, basically. Um, Yeah, I mean, hey, we like to party. This uh, came shortly after a ruling in the Mexican Supreme Court that made extradition easier between the United States and Mexico. Um, but, uh, and this, this kind of comes up again, but as it gets much easier and closer for El Chapo to get extradited to the United States, things tend to happen. Um, on January 19th, 2001, uh, Francisco Rivera, um, he's a prison guard that's in charge of watching El Chapo. Um, he opens, uh, El Chapo's electronically operated cell door. Uh, he get he gets into a laundry cart, cover, covers him, himself with some laundry. Um, Javier Camberos uh, is a prison maintenance worker, and he rolls this cart through several doors and eventually right out the front door of the prison. All right. <laughs> so once they're out the front door, he kind of goes around to the parking lot area. And El Chapo got into the trunk of Cambero's car. And um, from there, he was driven out of town. Uh, Cambero stopped at a gas station, left the car parked, and went inside. Um, by the time he gets back to his car, Joaquim El Gaz... Uh, whoa. See? I did it. El Chapo. El Chapo had uh, escaped on foot off into the night. So he's gone. That's his first first escape um 78 people in total uh mainly prison workers including the warden himself uh were arrested and connected to the escape plan it's so Um, elegant in its simplicity though it's it's that's basically everybody i think everybody pretty much know why do you need to like throw laundry on yourself everybody knows you own everybody it's just for the flair. Yeah, I guess I guess you have to keep up appearances somehow. Um so like even the warden, everybody, all these people, they remain in prison like to this day. 
for their part in that back in 2001. Um, Guzman paid over $2.5 million uh, in total to mastermind, bribe all the officials, and eventually, you know, execute this escape plan. So we're up to um, $7.7 million now? Well, um, we talked about the $400 million that he gave his, like, the $400 million. Wait, I thought that was $4 million. No, no, he gave... Oh, that was $400 million. So, once... Once things started getting like hot for him in Mexico City, when he was like wanted for the shooting of the cardinal, he gave like contingency plan money to his family and to his, um, you know, bosses and shit. Oh, he gave them e- he gave them each two hundred million dollars. I must have cash. misheard that. I thought I thought you said two uh, two hundred million. Two hundred million. Oh shit! Okay. So I'm I'm picturing like a pallet of money. Yeah, that's like <laughs> doing what's his name, Maurice, uh, the fat comedian that died, who uh, was doing Snow Angels on the pallet. Oh right, with Bill Bad. Burr. Yeah, one of the greatest oh. scenes ever. Oh, it's so good. Yes, that's what kind of what I'm picturing. That amount of money, but that might still not even. Um, so yeah, if we're adding it all up so far, I mean, that's 400 million, uh, 1.2 million to pay off the Guatemalan guy to get down south of the border. That didn't work anyway. And then, uh, yeah, another two and a half million to break out of jail now. Um, I don't have a number on this, but you can tack it on. Um, Jalisco police were also paid off into like overall. Um, to give El Chapo 24 hours, a head start on, like, the military manhunt for when he broke out of prison. So 24 hours goes by, and he's got a head start before anybody's sounding any kind of, like, alarms or anything. How much does it cost to pay off a police force to chill for 24 hours? I don't know, but somewhere in the... I would say if we're... If to keep everything running cost in the three-digit millions, and then just to kind of bribe individual people is like single millions, maybe. Well, you you only got to bribe top-level people of the uh, yeah. Yeah, like but ten anyway, million, fifteen million. Yeah, it's probably about about good. This is strictly speculation, everybody. Yeah. Um, one guard came forward um, and gave information about the escape plan and the bribery you know afterward um and he was found dead several years later assuming that he was murdered in connection to you know el chapo um in the years to follow um mexican drug violence this is you know this is what we're really thinking of um this shit explodes everybody wanted more control everybody wanted more influence everybody wanted more money um El Chapo specifically wanted to move up into the Ciudad Juarez um, corridor because that's right on the border. That's one of the biggest ones. Right um, in El Paso. On September 11th, 2004, uh, Rodolfo Carrillo Fuentes, uh, leader of the Juarez cartel, he was with his wife and two children at uh, shopping at a mall in Culiacan. Um, Upon exiting the mall, escorted by a police commander, uh, members of Los Negros, which are the 
hit squad for the Sinaloa cartel, kind of like Los Zetas. Um, they open fire on the family, and only the <clears throat> only the police commander Pedro Perez survives. So that's that's like you know he's firing the first shot in this major. He just took out a boss. You know, he said, "I want to go there." This motherfucker's in the way. Don't go All shopping. Right. So gang war. Don't go shopping. Especially yeah. in Cooley, especially in Cooley Khan. That's all well, I have to say to everybody. Or, or, hear me out. Don't okay. go to Mexico. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to follow up with something that involved going to Mexico. Damn. I mean. <laughs> so, uh, shopping in Cooley Khan is fucking really dangerous, and I'll talk about it again in a second. Um, December 2006. Uh, Presidente Felipe Calderon takes office. He promises huge sweeping corruption, drug cartel crackdown. Um, four years later, in 2010, there have been 53,000 arrests um, connected to corruption and drug trafficking. Um, only 1,000 of those were Sinaloa cartel. So that's that, you know, imbalance. Uh, and Sinaloa cartel, uh, you know, it, is definitely one of the most ruthless and gaining the most power the most quickly at this point. Um, so, so who are the cartels now? We got Los Zetas, Sinaloa. Um, um, well, Guadalajara broke up into um, the Cali cartel, I think. Or no, 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 no. The oh Jesus, Not Tijuana. Juarez, I should. I, I need a map. I mean, I'll post. A, I'll, I'll post a map of the cartel terror territories on Instagram because I think that would be interesting. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah, there are some good maps of that. That's pretty cool. And yeah, you can see that like this, like Sinaloa's <clears throat> region is not really that big, but they have such a powerful influence. Oh, also, the State Department has maps of places, countries all over the world for like travel advisories. Okay. And there's parts of Mexico that are basically don't go there. Oh, yeah. You got, you know, Syria, eastern Ukraine, um, Iran, and then parts of Mexico. Yeah, like where do you want to go to be a war correspondent? Or where where do you want to go to be a dismembered war correspondent? I mean, potato, potato. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. You know? Um, So, so what? Okay, so this is kind of getting El Chapo looked at and the Sinaloa cartel looked at in terms of like these guys are obviously in with the Mexican government. Um, And so to kind of quell those suspicions a little bit um, or, you know, anyway, Mexican army arrests El Chapo's top lieutenant and leader of the Beltran Leva organization, um, Alfredo El Mochomo, um, in January 2008. So he and his associates believe that El Chapo gave him up to the DEA and to Mexican authorities. And that's another, you know, cog in this gear of 
El Chapo kind of turning the fucking wheels in Mexico. It's really crazy, and it's really his feelers, whatever. His influence is everywhere. <laughs> it's I mean, turning I, people into the DEA to get them out of the way? To, to get them out of the way, to also throw suspicions, you know, and loyalty alliances and stuff like kind of a smokescreen. He'll, he'll throw you under the bus if he needs to. So he's playing the 40 but, chess. Dude, this guy really... <clears throat> I'm sorry. He really, like, plots out and plans out all these things steps ahead. And that's why he's so, you know, hard to catch, hard to shoot up, you know. Um, but um, subsequently after, you know... El Motromo thinks that uh, Guzman ordered his uh, arrest or whatever. They order a hit on El Chapo's son, um, Edgar Guzman. Um, So on May 8th, 2008, in a Culiacan shopping mall, um, 40 fucking gunmen open fire with AK-47s on Edgar and two other... um, kids or i mean they're adults at the time but kids of high-ranking cartel associates um all three are dead at the scene and this just goes makes the violence go go crazy um in that area specifically um an average of 125 people per month are killed for the next year or so um that's just from the sinaloa cartel retaliation thought of to be because of the murder of El Chapo's son, Edgar. So at that, at that point, just because these murders are going crazy, there's 2,000 Mexican troops are deployed to that area to you know, stem the violence, but it basically doesn't really work at all. Yeah, it's just an all-out gang war. And... It, I, I mean, gang war, if, if you call them gangs, but man, it's a war, you know? Like, I don't know, they're not driving by shooting at each other. They're, like, really, I don't know. Anyway. It's, it's more like a regular war. Is, is it, right? I mean, is it? Like, like they have map, you know, mapped out territory that, like, we can just go and Google. So the... Running gun know, battles in the street. Driving around technicals and shit. Yep. With rocket launchers. Um, so El Chapo is notorious for being elusive, like I was kind of saying before. Um, at this point, it's estimated that he's uh, most likely in this area called the Golden Triangle. It's a mountainous Sierra Madre region. It's very remote, poor. Um, it's filled with poppy, uh, opium poppy and marijuana plantations. Um, he has like an inner circle of security of like 300 people like informants gunmen he has like a a literal radius you know like have you ever have you ever seen like a diagram of an aircraft carrier group uh yes and how and how spread out all the ships are you know so like anything coming towards that aircraft carrier in the center yep has is called out from like miles and miles away um he had a 10 minute jump on any air raids 
So if you're flying a helicopter or something towards El Chapo, he's got 10 minutes on you because of his informant radius. Really? That's Yes. That's quite the uh, network. Uh, it's also reported that his gunman um, carried surface-to-air missiles. Like you do. <laughs> like, so um, arrested... However, some members of his security team did, you know, get arrested here and there, and they got flipped. Um, they started telling the military about his movements and his whereabouts. Um, 15th, 2014, El Chapo attended a family reunion in Sinaloa, which is fucking ballsy as shit. Um, visited his, uh, after that, he visited his, visited, sorry, his former wife's house uh, for a few days in Mazatlan to see his twin baby girls before he was going to go back up into the mountains. Um, What's interesting about that is while he's visiting um, his wife or former wife, um, there's a raid on the house and uh, the, the steel door is totally reinforced. And like the guys that that are trying to break it down, can't bust it down and they give it a, so there's enough time for El Chapo to escape through like a system of tunnels that connected six, six separate properties. So as they raided one, he would just like pop up in another and they would go over there and he would just like go on, you know, pop up over the, over somewhere else. I mean, like you, you could see pictures or even videos on the news of Mexican military guys, like picking up a bathtub and it has like, um, pistons you know to make it lighter and stuff uh to to like pick up and underneath is like a tunnel to get under out of the property it's crazy no shit yes the sinaloa cartel are notorious for their fucking tunnels that's something that um if you see any kind of coverage um of one of the smuggling border patrol agents the, it, they're like the I don't know if they're the pioneers but they are the the best. So they're basically dwarves. The, yeah. Pr- yeah. Well, <laughs> um, to, So much to the point that they're so much better at making the tunnels that like border patrol agents you know if they're digging or something and you know they're, they, they hit a tunnel they can tell it's a Sinaloa t- cartel tunnel just by looking at it, just by the materials used, just by the different accoutrements. They're, you they're know? tunnel pros. They've got like actual engineers working on their tunnels. They have actual engineers because in the Sinaloa um, region, uh, it used to be big mining area. So there are a lot of uh, poor out of work miners and, former engineers okay. that really do know what they're doing. And there's probably a ton of equipment that's lying around. That's not really doing anything. And if you can get your hands on surface to air fucking shoulder mounted missiles, I'm sure you could get yourself a, a little tunnel borer, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, he actually sent uh, later in this timeline, he sends, um, some of his tunnel engineers to Germany for three months to live and study German tunnel engineering. (laughs) Just, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Really like crossing T's, dot and I's. 
<laughs> yeah, he's uh, thinking outside the box, big, ambitious. Like, yeah, that's that's some legit strategy thinking right there. If you're going to do it, you got to do it. Um, so, anyway, uh, <clears throat> February 27th, well, so he, he, he doesn't get caught when he's bouncing up around those tunnels, you know, um, in those properties and the Benny Hill, you know, theme songs going on in <laughs> Mexican military. And like, you know, they can't, everybody's running in, out of, in and out of doors. Um, February 22nd, um, basically, yeah, a week later, around 3 a.m., um, a report comes into the police of an armed individual. Um, it comes from a beachfront condominium, um, the Miramar condominiums. Um, that's in a like oceanfront area in Mazatlan. That's that's like a beach town in Sinaloa. I'm pretty sure, and it's pretty close to like where El Chapo likes to hang out. Um, so by 3:45, after that call comes in, ten pickup trucks with 65 Mexican Marines respond. <laughs> Because they have intelligence from the DEA and U.S. Marshal Service that, you know, El Chapo's there. Um, it takes them all the way until 6.40 a.m. to get him under arrest. Um, but uh, he's photographed at 6.40 being let out by the Mexican Marines. He's identified being via fingerprints right away, and they fly him to Mexico City. Um, in that raid, there's actually no shots fired. Um, really? He... Yeah, like El Chapo fought with, you know, physically fought with the Marines that tried to arrest him. He he got punched in the face like four times and resisted or whatever, but he didn't reach for like his bedside assault rifle (laughs) that was laying, you know, leaned up against the wall next to his bed. Um, uh, So... He's press paraded and photographed again that afternoon um, at the Mexico City International Airport. Um, they love to do this. They bounce around to all these different airports and get the press, you know, yeah, old pictures just, in. Yeah, uh, showing uh, off their, their yeah. prize captive. Um, and that, but after that, he's transferred to uh, a federal uh, Black Hawk helicopter flanked by two Navy helicopters and they're followed by one aircraft, uh, Air Force helicopter. Um, they're going back to federal social readaptation, readaptation, readaptation center. It's not even a fucking word. I looked it up. Uh, number one, um, which is Al Altiplano. Um, Mexican uh, Presidente Enrique Peña, Peña Nieto um, confirmed that the arrest via Twitter and this is the point where like we reached current times and I face palmed because things got confirmed on Twitter, you know, like, <laughs> so, um, also on February, it's the fucking future. Um, also on that day, February 22nd, uh, 2014, um, El Chapo's capture and Mexico in general are trending on Twitter. Um, it's important cause we're in the future. Uh, the U.S. authorities announced that they plan to seek extra extradition, like ASAP. Right now, we still want him. Come on, and we can't we want him. Go to hold him. We've been wanting him since 1993. Let's get this shit going. Um, 
and yeah, you you just fucked up big time. Uh, so now um, he's in like the most segregated of the of the facility. The um, he's in twenty three hour solitary confinement. Um, he gets one one hour for outdoor exposure. Quotes. Um, his cell was number 20 hallway. Number one. Um, it had no windows. He wasn't allowed any inmate interaction. Um, no contact with, uh, family members. Um, however, he did get some visiting days that were like, if he had some court approved family members, like his, you know, young daughters or something like that, that was just once every nine days. Um, he had a, a shitty bed, a little toilet, um, a disgusting shower, and uh, he was under 24-hour video surveillance within his cell, um, which I don't think that's most, – most jail cells are not like that, right? Um, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't sure. been at one for a while. Yeah, so. I've, only, I've only been to a couple, but um, – so they get their the, the inmates get their heads shaved regularly, which um, comes comes up later. Um, they get daily cell inspections, which includes you know like a full strip search. Uh, they get their cell tossed entirely. They actually go in and tap on the walls and the bricks and the floor and the metal panels and stuff to try and find if they're you know like breaking out or you know secret little compartments or something yep um or you know so they say uh he was actually court ordered not to be allowed to exercise or perform any cultural activities or anything like that um guards weren't even permitted to speak to him while they did all this really he's he gets the silent treatment and he's not allowed to talk to anybody can't grab Um, your way out of that one huh I got uh, I got another bullet point right now that's just, that just says the U.S. wants him fucking now, right now. They're freaking out. But uh, on February 24th, which you know, two days after his arrest, um, Mexican government formally charges Guzman with drug trafficking. And what this does is basically it slows down so hard the extradition to the United States, and it's kind of like a it screws them. It screws it up. It's kind of like a fuck you to the U.S. or what? Pretty much. Um, I I couldn't really insinuate if it was purposeful or not. You know, throwing shade, but it definitely was known that it was going to screw it up. And they they wanted him to. It, it it comes up later, and I keep saying that about a bunch of things, but. People wanted him to serve all his time in Mexico before he ever got, you know, extradited anywhere else because his crimes were committed in Mexico or whatever. But um, that would be 300, 400 years or something. So realistically, it was never going to happen. Um, uh, July 6th, <clears throat> sorry, July 16th, 2014. Um, he organizes a five-day prison hunger strike. Um, this was to protest the prison's poor hygiene, uh, shitty food, um, 
subpar medical treatment. Uh, he got over a thousand prisoners to participate. And uh, the government actually acknowledged the protests took place and that the prisoners' demands were satisfied. <laughs> huh. Yeah. That's some leadership still, right there. Still, man, he does not stop. Um, so uh, he's been in jail or prison there for, I think it's like 16 months or something. Um, but uh, on July 11th, 2015, um, after receiving his medication, um, El Chapo was last seen in his, in his cell at uh, 2052. What is that, like 8? 8.52, yeah. Okay, 8.52 p.m. He's kind of like pacing back and forth in his cell. Oh, Americans. Um, he, sits, <laughs> he sits down on his bed. He puts on some little, you know, slippers or shoes or whatever. Um, and he slips. He, he, he gets up and walks into his shower and it literally looks like he does kind of one of those like escalator, you know, jokes that you do, like walking down the stairs behind a wall. Yep. It looks like he does that. And he, he throws like a jacket um, on the ledge for a second and he goes and he does this and he lowers down and uh, like two seconds pass and you just see the jacket get yanked from the bottom out of view. And that's the last he's seen on camera. Um, so after seeing no movement or uh, no El Chapo for 25 minutes, um, guards go into his cell. Um, so at 21:22, which is 9:22, they discover he's escaped. Uh, <laughs> the uh, red alert is issued at 2,400 hours. Is that midnight? Yes. Or is it? Or is it zero hundred hours? It's 2024. 20, so zero i think it would be zero. so so they wait like another 40 minutes to sound the red alert um and what that does is uh it locks down the prison and activates a nearby military garrison to you know respond and kind of secure the area but 40 minutes goes by <laughs> so somebody got paid so uh most likely i mean it's basically an hour goes by since they see him, you know, disappear into the shower <clears throat> and, and that's it. Um, so the reason he goes and kind of has this little uh, disappearing act into the floor of the shower is because he escapes through like the floor of the shower. It had been physically cut. Um, and once the concrete floor had been cut, which I would assume would make some noise um, wide enough for El Chapo to fit down. He fit down and got right onto a ladder that goes down 33 feet. Um, he climbs down and it leads down into a 0.93 mile tunnel. So basically a mile long um, tunnel underground leading to uh, an under construction house on a site um, in a Santa Juanita neighborhood. So they, um, they tunneled him out. Dude, they tunneled him out. I mean, it's amazing. It, uh, remember, we talked about El Chapo's dimensions were like 200 pounds and five foot six. Yeah. Right? Um, the tunnel is five feet, seven inches high and 30 inches wide. Um, 
All right. <laughs> so I guess I guess in case he had to run, he could not worry about hitting his head. Um, but he didn't have to worry about that because of the Sinaloa and their intense um, tunnel building techniques. This shit had electricity. It had fucking lighting. It had air ventilation. Um, it was made of high quality materials like concrete lined walls and shit. Um, and really interesting. It had this uh, it, it, makeshift railroad tracks running the entire length. Um, they had rigged a motorcycle to kind of push these little small mine cart looking thing to make that, it faster to like excavate and move materials in and out to make it faster to move materials in and out and excavate. And I mean, theoretically to get El Chapo, you know, that mile length that much faster. It's, it's crazy. It has no front wheel. Um, it has like a, some kind of special fuel cell. And um, are you putting well, pictures I, of this thing up? Yes, I will, because okay. it's, it's crazy looking. Um, and what they had to do was they had to, like, fiddle with the carburetor and stuff because there's less oxygen down in the tunnel. I mean, it, it's really an, an intense rig. Um, uh, oh, man. Um, whoo! So the world looks at Mexico like, you son of a bitch. What have you done? Um, President Peña Nieto, uh, he was actually en route to France for a state visit where they were, like, going to be asking for money for, like, you know, some kind of security or something like that. And however it went down, the context of it and El Chapo escaping looked so fucking bad. It couldn't have been done at a worse time, basically, for for the president. Oh, Um, man. So he called it an affront to the Mexican government and to Mexicans overall. Um, reactions from around the world were super skeptical and, uh, skeptical and suspicious of the Mexican government and authorities over there in general, though. Um, well, yeah, I mean, everyone knows it's a joke. So, uh, I know you hate Vice. We talk about this every time, I think, but mm-hmm. there's Those always whatever, bastards. Whatever, the, whatever the topic is, there's always like 10 minutes of really good Vice material on it. So, I bring it up um, because our accomplices can go check it out. And there's a, there's, um, there's a 10 minute, 15 minute documentary from vice about the tunnel, um, that El Chapo escaped in. And there's really good footage of it. Um, there's, uh, an interview with, um, a reporter, uh, I'm sorry, a journalist in form, you know, that was imprisoned in Mexico for saying some stuff against the government or whatever. And um, he was, like, down the hallway from El Chapo in this super restricted, uh, what are you doing? Oh, sorry. I'm, um, I spilled a bunch <laughs> of tobacco and I'm sweeping it up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. take your time. I, that, that must have sounded really fucking weird, huh? Well, I'm like I'm reading, but like I'm not present reading because I'm, I'm I'm consciously trying to figure out what the fuck noise you were making. <laughs> so, uh, welcome back, accomplices. I'm with you again. Um, 
there's a 10 to 15 minute vice doc about the tunnel that El Chapo escaped from. And in that documentary, there's a little bit of a conspiracy um, that uh, this journalist this, that was in prison there, um, he calls bullshit on the, uh, on the video and the official story of this. He thinks that, that it's just um, the government's official story to not make them look bad for just letting El Chapo go. Huh. Comprende? Comprende? That that makes a lot of sense, especially given what I know about Mexico. And one of the things that he said, um, he's the one that that I got the information about the cell inspections from. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's the one that said that they shaved their heads, you know, like every week or every two weeks or whatever. Yeah. In the footage of El Chapo escaping, that last, you know, 20 seconds of him on camera or whatever... The yeah. dude in the camera, it, it's kind of grainy, but the dude has hair, thick, decent hair. So either they weren't shaving El Chapo's head or it wasn't El Chapo. Either way, um, something strange was afoot at the Circle K. There's also um, another interesting bit. Um, no independent media or camera, for that matter, has ran the, the full length of the tunnel. So it's just the government saying, yep, we went down there. We checked it out. That's where it goes. And it's, it's classified, basically. Right. Yes. Um, so, so, yeah, reactions to this are, are mixed in general. But everybody's fucking pissed at the Mexican authorities and government. Um, December 2015, um, citizens started reporting armed men quotes at a house in the coastal city of Los Mochis um, in Sinaloa. Again, nice beach town. One thing I will um, give Mexico is its places have pretty cool names. I do love like Spanish um, linguistics, Spanish. I don't know. Something about it makes sense. Maybe it's because I'm half. Yeah, you, you were oh, raised yeah. speaking Spanish, right? No, my my dad never spoke it in the house. Or, oh, or really? I mean, he did. He did just when he was like cursing at like a a lawnmower to start or something. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, no, never like yeah, we never we never spoke it in the house. I took it in high school and shit. But oh, okay. Um, I thought I thought you learned it from like your folks or something. No. Oh. Um, sadly enough. Um, yeah, that's too bad. Just kitchens and shit, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. Coastal city of Los Mochis, um, citizens started reporting armed men. That was December 2015. Um, so they surveilled Mexican, you know, police and army surveilled this for about a month. Um, and what they start to pick up in the audio surveillance or, you know, audio communication surveillance um, is that this site is being prepared for like somebody named Grandma. They keep hearing Grandma's coming. <laughs> grandma's coming we gotta you know we gotta get this all set up for grandma um let me guess let me guess grandma is a code it could be um Mm. unless grandma has a hankering for fucking tacos because on january 8th 2016 um a large order of tacos is picked up from a local uh restaurant a little after midnight and brought back to the house how large Um, are we talking 
Grandma's coming, dude. Oh, okay. Grandma's coming. That that many ta- grandma levels of tacos. Grandma fucking loves tacos like from what I put together. Tacos. I'm picturing like catering trays and catering trays of tacos. Multiple vehicles picking up the tacos. Maybe like one mystery machine full of tacos. I gotcha. Okay. Um, so the tacos get brought back to the house. Um, the house was raided by 17 Mexican Marines, like Special Forces Division. Um, it's called Operation Black Swan. Uh, I'm sure it sounds more badass in Mexican, or sorry, Spanish. Uh, but briefly, um, El Chapo and one of his lieutenants actually managed to escape through a secret hidden tunnel behind a mirror located, <laughs> like h- hidden in a closet. So this I happens totally again. Stay. Um, it led down into the sewers and ran for like another mile um, where they surfaced in the street and they stole a car at gunpoint. Um, after a brief manhunt, the two were apprehended um, about 20 kilometers south. That's like, what, 12 miles, 13 yeah. miles? Yeah, um, El Chapo was reported to have offered the officers that were arresting him bribes, property, fucking tons of cash, um, they, even jobs. Like, you know, um, he's like, what's it going to take? Just let me go. Um, and uh, they declined. Um, and he really? answered them. Yeah, he answered them. "Quotes, you're all going to die." End quote. Um, we're, well, we're all going to die. So, Operation Black Swan. Um, you actually watched the GoPro footage, right? Oh, that was that. That's what that is. Yeah, that's why I don't have too much about what actually happened. I mean, I know that five gunmen were killed um six yeah, were, were arrested there were flashbangs and live grenades and fucking it was legit it was a real thing i haven't watched it yet but it i've seen little like clips and yeah it looks <laughs> like it looks like yeah it's a full military assault um one of the marines was wounded um but they arrested six gunmen uh killed five in the shootout but still, El Chapo and um, one of his lieutenants managed to get out through that tunnel. Um, after it was all said and done, though, um, the uh, uh, the military reported that they they confiscated or found um, two armored vehicles, uh, eight assault rifles, two Barrett M. 250 caliber sniper rifles or anti-material rifles, I think they're called. anti-material rifles. Right, because, yeah, there's nothing there when it's done. Um, Two two M16s with undermounted M203 grenade launchers and a loaded RPG. All right. Whew! Um, So? I'm going to take a breath, take a sip of water after that list. Yeah, I I guess Grandma likes to party. Oh, yeah. Um, 800 tacos and a partridge and a pear tree. Um, So once the officers had him in custody, um, they started getting word that there had been reports of um, 40 Los Negros assassins headed in their direction to secure El Chapo. Um, So they were instructed to bring him to like a random motel and just get a room and hide out 
and there's a picture of El Chapo sitting on a shitty motel bed in like a beat up, you know, grimy wife beater, and he's just like staring off into the distance with head with handcuffs on. Um, all these pictures will come. Um, so, uh, oh, are you gonna so put a link to the... to the GoPro video on the uh, Instagram too? Yes, I'll figure okay. that out. Okay, cool. I'll figure that out. Um, so the officers waited for backup from the Mexican Marines um, and uh, to transfer custody of El Chapo. Um, the Mexican Marines um, flew him via Navy helicopter directly back to Federal Social Readaptation Center Number One, also known as El Altiplano. Um, Again, where he just where he broke out of. <laughs> So uh, within two days of his recapture, the Mexican government was signing extradition treaties to expedite El Chapo being yeah, they sent back to the United States. Handle it, huh? Take them. Take them. Yeah. Take them. Their pay grade. Um, so, uh, yeah, just to just to start to round it out now. Um, <clears throat> uh, in this is just a little interesting uh, bit here, um, but it did. It did end up leading to his capture. Um, in 2012, a Mexican actress named Kate Del Castillo um, published an open letter. And when I say published an open letter, I mean tweeted a bunch of tweets at El Chapo. Um, and uh, she was like trying to ask him to, quotes traffic in love, unquote, you know, um, saying kind of like imagine what you could do if like you sent bottles of water instead of like kilos of cocaine or you know medicine or whatever um fucking hippie yeah in in uh so it took about two years but el chapo's lawyers reached out to del castillo and like um i believe the story was like they found he found out she was at a hotel or something and he sent like a fucking gang of flowers but she had like checked out maybe 30 minutes ahead of time and never got the flowers um so 2015 um el chapo's lawyers reach out again after his escape (coughs) excuse me um el chapo wanted to discuss making like a movie about his life like a biopic um also, uh, at this time, or around this time in 2015, American actor Sean Penn, um, famous for, I don't know, stuff. Um, played a retard. Is, it, it, that was him, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was him. He went full retard. Um, so Sean Penn um, and Kate Del Castillo actually meet at a Hollywood party. Um, they talk it up start to talk about El Chapo um, and decide to bring in Rolling Stone magazine to help with like getting an interview with El Chapo. Um, So on October 2nd, 2015, Sean Penn and Kate Del Castillo travel to a secret location via hours of driving through fucking mountain roads and flying in small planes to remote makeshift runways. They eventually arrive in like a small, rent uh, to like a small ranch house um el chapo had arranged for a local family to like cook them a fucking banquet feast of fucking tacos and tequila 
um, and use their house for like this face-to-face meeting. Um, the three dined on tacos and tequila for a few hours. Um, but after the meal, uh, El Chapo like walked Kate Del Castillo to, to a, you know, master bedroom or whatever, excuse me. And, um, but he walked straight back like right away. So he just like walked her there, put her, you know, to bed or whatever, and then walked straight back. Didn't, you know, no, uh, no chopping. Um, Panky. Nope. Um, so when, when El Chapo comes back to the table with Sean Penn, um, El Chapo and his men like proceed to, you know, retrieve their assault rifles and start to put on their military vests and shit. Um, and begin discussing more like business, um, you know, matters. Um, Sean Penn got one picture as evidence for this meeting. Um, again, I'll put it up, uh, but it's kind of an awkward handshake photo of, you know, on like somebody's shitty burner camera phone. Um, he wanted to set up, uh, another meeting, um, and like an official interview, but, um, due to the U S and Mexican authorities monitoring, monitoring, um, you know, basically these people's locations and communications, um, with El Chapo and to El Chapo, uh, he, he had to refuse the meeting with uh, further with Sean Penn because the heat was starting to turn up. Um, days later, uh, after the meeting, Mexican Marines raided a ranch in Durango, um, but were repelled by heavy gunfire. So, <laughs> so the, really? Mex- the Mexican Marines just got, just got back down. Um, uh, so Rolling Stone, however, did get um, a set of questions written to El Chapo and El Chapo released this video. And basically in this video, he's just calmly uh, he's probably like sitting on a milk crate or something. And um, he's just, yeah, he's just like on a farm in the middle of nowhere. There's a rooster, you know, cooing in the background. Like, and, and every time the rooster started making noise i really kind of envisioned him just like pulling out like a gold-plated desert eagle and just blasting the the rooster away (laughs) but he just calmly answers these questions um this is the first time he actually um admits uh publicly to drug trafficking he says i'm i'm the biggest drug trafficker in the history you know, nobody's ever done more methamphetamine, cocaine, heroin, all this. Um, he, uh, uh, so he also talks about like the fleets of shit that he has. And if you look it up, the Sinaloa cartel has drug smuggling submarines, dude. Yep, <laughs> I've, I've seen those. That's impressive. And, and that's something that they had to, you know, have their engineers go and study as well. So they have the submarines. Um, what about 747s? All right. Holy fucking shit. They could carry about, like, I think it was, like, it was either 14,000 pounds or 14 tons of cocaine per trip. Um, and he had, had, has, whatever, um, airstrips, you know, 
in the United States as well that he could land a 747 on in the middle of nowhere and unload tons and tons and tons of cocaine regularly that he had several of these things. Um, those were just the 747s. He had every different other plane smaller. Um, on October 17th, um, 2016, uh, Vicente Zacarias, um, he's a federal judge in Mexico uh, working on Guzman's case. Um, he's assassinated while jogging. Um, not a good time to be a federal judge in Mexico. Uh, yeah. So, you know, after that happens, January 19th, uh, 2017, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, I did it, is extradited to the, to the United States um, where he entered a not guilty plea. Um, you know, he's, there's charges of homicide, of firearm possession, of all the drug trafficking, which is, I mean, multi-ton. Um, and uh, money laundering, they got him on all the different RICO statutes. Um, uh, dude, it's gonna, there's going to be El Chapo acts and stuff. If, if there already isn't. Um, but uh, he's sitting and waiting. Um, trial is slated for September of 2018. So we might have a good follow-up. Um, but All right. uh, as of right now, I mean, that's it. El Chapo has been chopped. Uh, so he is currently in U.S. custody awaiting trial. Yeah, I, I think he's in um, in a maximum security facility uh, in New York. Uh, I know he was in he was in Manhattan when he first got here, but uh, we'll see. Um, who knows All how right. long it'll take until he tunnels down into the MTA subway and. Goes makes out a to, break for it again, yeah, huh? Makes a break for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, thanks, everybody, if you're still listening. Uh, hopefully this wasn't as um, gruesome of an episode as last time. I know my mom had to turn it off at some point. Um, but uh, that's El Chapo. Um, yeah. That's a crazy story. And there's a lot yeah. that I left out because the whole Mexican drug war is a – we could do a couple episodes just on that, really. Like, there's hours we could talk about. Oh, um, man, could we? Yeah. I mean, I just – I cut down a couple things. The Sean Penn thing. Um, because of that, uh, it's, it, it, it's been said that that led to El Chapo being captured. Um, Sean Penn denies it, um, you know, and he – is on record saying like he doesn't fear any reprisal or anything. Um, but you don't really know. And um, it's been reported by like, you know, people, <clears throat> government officials like that worked on the operations were like, yeah, totally. Of course we knew where friggin' Sean Penn was like, duh. You know? <laughs> yep. Although <laughs> so, it sounds like I want to, I want to find out more about that assault by the Mexican Marines where they, got fought off yeah um it's in durango um which i think i forget what state of mexico that's in but um yeah i mean they were probably getting fired on with 50 cal dude yeah 
RPGs. I mean, holy shit. Uh, Mexico is an interesting place. Not what the police are expecting. Um, but uh, thanks, accomplices. Yeah, for, thanks, um, accomplices. We've taken quite a bit of your time with this one. Yeah, sorry, everybody. We're going to get to some shit. Um, you got anything uh, that you want to cover soon? If not, Yeah, I want to I wanna do the, uh, the killdozer. Um, okay. Oh, I can't yeah. believe you hadn't heard of that. That's that's one of my favorites. I've definitely seen the footage, but um, I didn't know like details, and I heard some details. On and you've the, done on the last the like three or four. Um, also, uh, it's worth mentioning that someone stole a um, M113 and took it on a joyride. Who was apparently oh, a lieutenant and I was probably that. drunk. I saw that and thought of you and this podcast. Yep, yep. Um, that was uh, that, that guy's a hero. That's pretty funny. What happened to him? They took him alive. Yeah. The, yeah they, there's, they eventually captured him, and he's probably going to get into a little bit of trouble. I saw, like, a like a quick compilation video of different people with their cell phones recording that thing driving by, and the cops, and it was, like, every single person in, like, three or four different videos would watch it go by and go, what the fuck? Although, to be <laughs> fair, that's probably the flimsiest armored vehicle you could steal. Well, it ain't no fucking kill dozer. No, it's not. Kill dozer. Kill dozer. All right. Yeah, you've done the last few, so I gotta, I gotta get on this. I'll, I'll do the kill dozer. All right. So, uh, thanks everybody again for listening to another episode of Take the Money and Run. Take the um, money and run. T- uh, take the money or fly the cocaine in your seven forty seven across the border yourself. Yeah. Sorry, if any, know. if anyone wants to uh, donate. Like normally, people ask for a Patreon donation or something. Yeah, we we just like a seven forty seven filled with cocaine. That works for me. Yeah, I could probably turn it into a cool little apartment. Looking... I just I just have a party. Yeah, you well, you might be able to buy like a uh, one bedroom condo in in the Bay Area with that. Probably could. It's not a bad idea. Maybe maybe you could. It would at least be the down payment for a couple kilos a month. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, you know, 14 tons. Yeah, but it, real estate in the Bay is expensive, man. It is. Yeah. It really, yeah. Cocaine kilo to apartment inflation is way off these days. Yeah, it there. is. Anyway, yep. um, we've yeah. taken up enough of their fucking time. That we have. All right, stay gangster, man. Bye, everybody.